Welcome to the Lodge. You've accessed the LodgeCast experience. Warning, warning. Dangerous spoilers ahead. Enjoy. Welcome to the first of potentially many hot takes, LodgeCast hot takes. These are for movies that we know all you Lodgers have seen or should have seen, and we're not going to even pretend to talk about the plot because you already know it. We're just going to go into it, let you know what we thought, maybe duke it out a little bit, and uh, then we're going to be out. We, we get in, we get hot, we get out. So, Bishki's here, Lucas is here, the movie is Ready Player One. What do you guys think? What's going on? What's your hot take? I think I'm feeling like Lucas was feeling on the text messaging as we started to discuss this and started to get passionate about it. I didn't like it at all. (laughs) I second that. I felt it was all sizzle and no steak. Now, I I, I think there's there's some anti-Spielberg stuff going around, especially with with uh, people of our generation, they're like, he's going for cheap sentimentality. He's not digging deep for the emotions anymore. True, true, all true. I, I don't know if there's a little of that. Like, are you guys trying to be cool, or do you really not like it? Well, I wasn't expecting much. I I like Spielberg up to about Jurassic Park Schindler's List, and since then, I have not been much of a fan. I felt like it was a stew of ingredients that weren't prepared or cooked properly or, or seasoned. Just or thrown given, at They us. weren't given any flavor at all. It was just like a stone soup. And he thought like, oh, I'll just throw a bunch of IP out there and that'll do all the heavy lifting and work for me. And, and shockingly, I guess that theory kind of did work because in the theater I saw at the Burbank 16, people were kind of applauding or clapping mm-hmm. and pointing at certain references that made them feel connected and like hip. But like to me, I just like I just didn't. They had no dramatic purpose or weight. It didn't tie into the story or the characters at all, you know. So it was just really kind of pandering. It really was like a, a, a gross, tone deaf, flat, trite, tepid kind of adventure <laughs> that uh, didn't feel uh, like grounded in any in any way, shape, or form to anything. Yeah, I thought it was more like it wasn't. I mean, it was probably somewhat directed at us. I think it was directed at people like three years older than us. Okay. Like most directly. I kind of thought it was almost directed at millennials to try to get them into the oh, 80s. Oh, interesting. And to try to get them into The Shining and <laughs> stuff that they're not, they haven't experienced yet because they're, you know. But here's the thing. Like, as I was watching it too, I was like, people, anybody younger than us is not going, are not going to get any of these references, like the lion's share of the references, especially the extended shining bit, which is like supposed to be catnip for us. Like they're not going to, it's going to be a complete swing and a miss. And I like your approach. Well, it is also a calculated cynical approach, which would be like, we got to get the younger crop into this old IP yeah, so yeah. that we can make more money. Yeah. But here's the thing. I don't think, I don't think younger people give a shit. No, no. You know, like they're going to watch the shining part and either zone out and look at their phones or be like, yeah, what was the weird part in the hotel? I don't, that was boring and weird. And then yeah. if someone's like, that's from a film called The Shining... They'll be like, oh, sounds old and boring. Yeah, it's like, not a good way to be introduced to it. That's why I was kind of, that, that that scene kind of bothered me just because I felt it not only desecrated Kubrick's IP, but also taints 
any kind of cold viewing from a, a viewer that might not have seen it. Because <laughs> they like, see all the greatest hits. Right, yeah. yeah it's just mashed like, up it, and remixed. It loses its power, you know, in a way. Um, but I just felt tonally it was off. Like, it just... I wasn't quite sure what Spielberg was going for. You know, it should have really been directed by someone, I think, of the, the, the 80s who grew up in that era. You know, someone, I dare say, like a J.J. Abrams or somebody like that or... or Maybe not J.J. Abrams. I think Spielberg's too out of touch. Yeah, inherently. yeah, he's a little too old, and, and I felt like you needed a little more satirical bite. Like maybe Edgar Wright should have directed. I definitely you know, wanted a, Edgar Wright. I wanted a satire, you know, of the, you know, this pop culture obsessed mashup where there's a dystopian world going on, but then you have the the world inside the oasis, but it's kind of these people that are just obsessed with the oasis, and Spielberg's not. He's a not, satirist. He's not ready for that. Yeah, he's, I, I was a little worried. Well, I was worried going in. I thought it was going to be really annoying. I was, I was really beat down, pre-beat down by it. Just from the trailers, it looked like there was going to be some kind of uprising, where it's like, "Will you fight with me?" And I was just already so bored. No, that but, yeah. But when it started, and there's that kind of like, "Let's see where this kid lives" kind of uh, section, where it's kind of going through and showing that everybody's playing with the oasis i was really worried because it was super broad and super like just silly you know yeah but as it went on i don't know if it was because i was so stoned but i kind of just gave myself over to it and just saw it as different set pieces you know like i'd given up trying to feel emotional about it but the set pieces were done in such a way that as just eye candy and like mindless brain candy it worked for me on a certain level on more of a level than i thought it would i thought the music was very pedestrian like pedestrian yeah, yeah felt, that balance of vestry score was out of, out of place completely right? well, the, out of the, place. the score but also the the music weird. the tr- the the songs that they licensed were so basic yeah yeah that, that and that always bugs me like stranger things like a lot of their music cues i'm just like really guys mm-hmm. really the most obvious you can dig out. a little deeper yeah. but i also realize that this is spielberg tentpole like cusp of summer entertainment so of Mm -hmm. course van halen's jump is going to be you know the big thing yeah um and also i didn't read the book so i wasn't i had no connection to the property before that i was just kind of going in with low expectations and i was pleasantly surprised but people be pissed and you know i i get that too because it's too much voiceover too much exposition not enough drama not enough conflict you know everything just kind of happens episodically or contrivedly and it's just there's no sense of there's no tension it's just it's just you know it's like it's like a big beautiful chocolate easter bunny it looks amazing and it's tasty but ultimately hollow and kind of leaves you unsatisfied listen to that yeah the plot is generic it's you go you get your evil corporation overlord i thought the sure. villain was silly yeah. and it's you know spielberg's humor is just getting lamer as he gets older <laughs> i don't know well i i also thought it was it was dumb that when he finally met the the girl that he'd been romancing her avatar when he met her irl in real life you know we're supposed to be shocked that she has this very light uh birthmark on her face <laughs> 
like we're supposed to be appalled by that or like or not appalled but like we're supposed to be like oh can he overcome this and it's the lightest fucking birthmark yeah like, come on like yeah give, give her like give her leprosy like, like, like a phantom of the opera yeah. type thing yeah oh, i wanted her big yeah. uh bigger <laughs> make make her big a big leper yeah yeah Anyway, but that's that might be my own my own picadillos. No, but like to to kind of riff on that, you know, dramatically speaking, you know, there's a scene where his aunt and uncle are blown up, and then the very next scene, he's like on this rooftop terrace with her, and uh, he's not really reacting to like the death of his family, or right, whatever. Right, right. It's kind of just like, well, he, oh, this yeah. is where you live. This is great. Like this is super cool. Like love it. Yeah, he didn't really like his aunt and uncle anyway, but still. It's yeah. like he he lived with them. Like he'd have a little bit of he'd be sh- shaken up a little bit. But three yeah. D IMAX was a waste. Use your movie pass if you haven't. Use seen your it. movie pass. No, um, you've, you've seen it. But uh, the, yeah, the three D didn't bring anything spectacular. There was no the IMAX to it. So. Kind of a divisive uh, movie that seems like it should have been a slam dunk. Should we give a bone count? Let's give a bone count, guys. Uh, Bishki, what do you got? One and a half bone. Ready Player One and a Half Bones. Yeah, I gave it one bone just because it felt like a total misfire, a mishandling of all that kind of juicy IP, which could have really paid off if it was set up and, and paid off properly, you know. Lucas gives it a stone cold one bone. Damn. Well, I did enjoy it. I enjoyed myself, and I'm hovering between two and two and a half, guys. But I definitely see where you guys are coming from, and I it hasn't aged spectacularly well for me like it was like a piece of candy that was transcendent for a little bit and then Mm -hmm. it's gone or the chocolate easter bunny scenario that lucas pointed out so i think i'm gonna go with two i think you guys have successfully uh harshed my my buzz (laughs) down to down to a two boner so that's the hot take that's our hot take guys did you feel it did you start fanning yourself did you you feel (laughs) sizzling did it come at you flying fast and furiously well we hope it did and uh tune in for more hot takes from the lodge cast we'll see you later guys Mm -hmm.